You've come to the right place. This is OWC Radio. I'm Serena Catania, and here is Jem Schofield. People who learned writing skills in school and public speaking skills, I mean, sure, they can turn on their, their smartphone or their tablet. They can record video. But what is going to separate them from being an effective communicator using video from somebody else? Jem Schofield is on the line with me, and he's an amazing DP, producer, filmmaker, educator. And I've known him for, I'm not going to tell you how many years. I've known Jem, how many years? No, we're not going to tell them how many years we've known each other. Welcome. All right. Thank you, Serena. (laughs) It's good to be here with you. And uh, even in these strange and uncertain times. I know. It's a little bit crazy. So I'm at my house. I'm in the corner of my living room. I actually had to take some pictures off the wall in order to do this without... Next time I'll have the backdrop. You're at home as well. You've got your whole family there, right? Yep. Your kids. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I won't won't keep you too long because I know that when we have family around, um, it's hard to keep them quiet. uh, No, let's chat for a while. When we're doing... The worst it'll happen. All right. Now, the so, worst that'll happen, you'll hear a dog walking upstairs or or some some somebody yelling. I'm hoping it's not going to happen. Everybody except for the dog understands that we're doing this. So let's have a conversation. And, you know, uh, I don't have to leave in five minutes. So I'd love to chat with you. Thank yeah. you for doing this during these weird times. I just really wanted to share you with the people who watch and who listen to OWC Radio because you're doing such amazing things. And you're a really good educator, but I think what a lot of people may not realize is you still have a very active production company, and um, you're hired to do a lot of corporate videos and a lot of productions, and the education stuff is kind of an outcropping of everything that you've learned over the years, right? So tell us about your company and what it does. Yeah, so that's true, and and you know, the, the word active is in quotes right now because we're all dealing with what's going on. So sort of the whole industry has shut down. Um, But that's true. Yeah. I mean, I really started in production and it was the education that came after that. And even to this day, the majority of what I do as a company are production related services, post-production you know, complete sort of pre-production through post solutions for clients. And while I'm not, you know, producing episodic television, I'm not doing feature films, I am in a space that a lot of people are in, which is creating content for the corporate world. And corporate doesn't mean conservative all the time. It doesn't mean boring. There can be really exciting projects that are out there that you're producing for the corporate you know, industry because it's so diverse. And, and I, in particular, at least for the last seven, eight years, have been creating the majority of my content for people within our industry in video production you know, filmmaking, the manufacturers, but I'm still doing a lot of work outside of that for technology companies and for other companies in the industry. So, um, you know, I consider myself somebody who is definitely very much an educator, but that came sort of, you know, out of having this experience in production, being a producer, being a director, again, not of narrative, 
or episodic, but really corporate and documentary style types of projects. And I was a teacher when I was younger. I, I actually taught ESL when I was in high school and I caught this bug uh, of, of teaching yeah. for a summer. And, uh, and then about a decade later, which is a long time ago, a friend of mine was actually opening up an Apple authorized training center. And I was already using a lot of Apple's solutions, especially for DVD authoring, eventually motion graphics, you know, nonlinear editing. And I said, you know, could I maybe teach at your training center? And then I got into Apple's whole program and I became a certified trainer and I started teaching, you know, quite a bit. And it was really post-production that I taught for many, many years. So when I started teaching at NAB back again, a long time ago. Um, it was really post. I was teaching DVD Studio Pro. I was teaching Motion, Final Cut Pro, Soundtrack Pro, all of those things. I started working on the Peach Pit uh, press books and, you know, working with that whole team from Apple and Peach Pit. Oh and gosh, that seems so long ago, doesn't it? It was. It was so long ago. And we're, and we're all still here. It's like a different generation. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, no. And I, w I was really the black sheep because everybody was teaching uh, Final Cut Pro. And I was one of the only DVD CO Pro certified trainers in the country. So I, I remember when I got certified, I called up all of these training centers from I was on the East Coast at the time, Maine to Miami. And I said, I'm a certified trainer. And everybody was sort of like, OK. And then all of these government uh you know, and, and nonprofits and military, I mean, all of these different segments of the, of the, of the market or markets out there all wanted to create DVDs of the content they were creating. And all of a sudden I found myself traveling up and down the, the Eastern seaboard, constantly teaching DVD studio pro, which was crazy. And the thing that a lot of people who were in that world didn't understand that what I was really doing for my day job was production. I was actually producing corporate videos and I was doing production work. So when everything crashed in 2008 and you know that whole thing happened, I I had really been getting tired of teaching post-production. It wasn't really where my heart was. Production was always where it was. And I took the opportunity to start the C47 as an educational brand, but I was still doing production work. And I also took the opportunity because I had relationships with FMC, Future Media Concepts, and all these people to transition my education from post-production to production-based training. So that's kind of when that all happened was, what, 12 years ago. Um, and, and I still say about 15 to 20% of what I do is as an educator. But all of the stuff that most people see me do... Um, all the Canon videos, things for Zeiss, all these companies. I am very much so in front of the camera a lot of times because I can teach those things, but I'm producing those projects for them. So it's a, a regular production, hiring the crews, securing locations, pulling permits, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, production is really where my love is uh, in terms of what I do. And then my second love is education. So being able to combine those two a lot of the times is really the best of both worlds for me. So it's it's great. And, and you're an educator as well. Yeah, which is great. Well, you are at a, a whole different level than I am. I have, you know what I have trouble with as an educator? It's really hard to do 
what my daughter calls the step system, right? The, the ladders. It's hard to, because sometimes when you've done something for so many years, you take it for granted and you don't, I don't know really where to start with it. Cause I think, oh, surely people already know that. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. But I mean, you have kept your enthusiasm all these years. What keeps it fresh for you? That's a good question. Um... I know you love you know, gear, and there's always new gear coming out, right? Yeah, that well, that's for sure. I mean, you know, I do love gear, and I love to problem solve. I, I think what keeps me enthusiastic about everything, Serena, is that I I really love to teach. And so it, it didn't take me long to figure out that I really loved teaching. Um, but the satisfaction is the same that you get as an educator, which is that either in the class or as a response to something that you've done to teach somebody something, you find out that they can actually A, do it, so there's a practical application to it, but that for a small percentage of people that you hear from, it's actually made big impact. You know, I remember the first time that I realized this happened was I was doing these daily videos on my, on my website, stupidly never on YouTube in the beginning. And I, I had somebody who was following the videos. Um, it was actually a team that was working together and they, they finally created a feature length documentary film called Indie Game, which is a great movie. And they reached out to me when I was living on the East Coast and they invited me to the premiere in New York to a screening of their film and said that what I had done on the website, they had never been in the workshop and, and stuff, had huge impact and actually, uh, you know, was a big deal. And uh, th that was fantastic. And anytime people reach out to me from my classes or workshops or from the content I create um, on the YouTube channel, if they're, if they're learning things, then that's like the, you know, you have video games and you like that power up thing. That's the thing that I really love about it is that people are getting something out of it and they're able to do something. They're able to tell stories. They're able to create something that's better production value. Um, and, and the other thing that keeps me excited is that I've only scratched the surface of what I actually know. Um, like, you know, the best thing about being an educator is that I, I can never stop learning in this industry. And, and the beautiful thing is that we have these amazing resources available to us now. Um, you know, it's, I always say that, you know, World Wide Web is like Alexandria, like on steroids, right? We have, we have the, you, you have to know how to sift through all the noise and figure out a lot of stuff. But it, you, know, you wake up at two o'clock in the morning and you have a question about something, you can actually find an answer, which is amazing. Um, I just love learning myself. And then it's so satisfying to be able to learn something and then be able to teach it to other people. It's the trick is being able to edit yourself, like you said, Serena, which is, you know, that you think everybody either knows about it or you're so excited about it. You want to teach people it, but they may not be ready to learn that particular thing. They, they, everybody has their own journey, you know, their own way that they're learning. And that's always the tough thing as an educator is yeah. finding that balance. How did you get started in all of this in the production side? Yeah. Um, I mean, it goes way, way back because when I was a kid, my father was in the music industry and he decided kind of midlife to change to become a professional photographer. So it had been a hobby. He became, you know, more of a 
an amateur and then he started to get pretty serious about it. And, you know, we went from sort of uh, somebody who would go on the road as a, a road manager in the music industry to having an enlarger. And when we were done having dinner and the sun went down, having, you know, trays and chemicals and things sitting on our wood table in, in the kitchen in our apartment in, in Manhattan. And um, and so I got into photography then. I got a, a Pentax K1000, the used one my dad gave me. And I was really interested in it, but I lost interest uh, at a certain point. And then there, there was always that seed. And then a little bit of video in high school. And then I left and I always knew I wanted to do a combination of business and the arts. But when I started my own company, pretty quickly, I started getting into creating content, oddly enough, for people in the music industry. Mm -hmm. And video came into that pretty quickly as well. So that's kind of when I started to get into production, uh, realized very early on that I did not really understand production. I also knew that if I ever wanted to be even a half decent producer that I would need to learn something about that because you know in the corporate world you're a producer and a director very oftentimes so it's if you have a, a bit you know that's it's this combination so um so I started to learn production and that was you know so that was like late 90s um I started getting into that side of things and then it's just been a journey ever since so you know, I didn't go through the film school route. And I never know what to tell the students. They always say, well, do you think I should go to film school? And I basically tell them, yeah, if you can afford it and that's what you want to do, it's great. You'll make a lot of friends yep. that you will take with you into the world. But I wouldn't worry about it. Just go intern, you know, volunteer, be a PA, learn everything you can learn. I mean, I've done everything from loading wood in pickup trucks to budgeting to scheduling to, you know, everything in between. And I think it really helps. So I think your production background and all the years you spent at production really has helped you. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the production is the majority of it, but the education is sort of the, you know, I can't imagine my life without that part of it as well. But I agree with you. A million percent when people ask me should I go to film school as somebody a who hasn't gone to film school um, and 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 be somebody who probably like looks back at the 16 or 17 year old me and if I had really known and I could have gotten in it probably would have been a great experience but I feel the same way I, I look at people who have gone to film school and, and let's be honest if you look at how many film schools there are in this country and the world almost nobody can get into a practical film program. It doesn't really exist for, except for a very, very small percentage of people. And so, um, so the vast majority of people who get into production have not gone to film school. The vast majority of people who are on a set did not go to film school. Yes, there is a, a benefit to people who can create those lifelong relationships. And you see in interviews and, and things that people who have gone to film school are still very oftentimes working with the people that they met and started collaborating with at that time. But then there's the rest of us. And, you know, there's there's more opportunity out there, despite what's going on at this immediate time. There's more opportunity to become a content creator, to become a storyteller than there ever has been in history. Right. 
Um, you know, and and so this is a despite again what's going on, which we will get through this. This is absolutely a growth industry. It may change in terms of its shape and and the way we deliver content. It already has in the last five to ten years in huge ways. And the movie theater may not necessarily go away, but it may morph into something that is very different than even maybe we are experiencing today. That you know that experience. I agree. But but yeah, we're we're content creators, we're storytellers, and we are we're never going to have less screens in the world. And people have to create that content that's on those screens. So um, I think it's a I think it's a good time, despite all of this and you know what we're dealing with, to be in this industry. I I agree. I'm finding that we are all reconnecting with people we haven't seen in ages. We're spending more time. You know, if you're home with your family, you're having dinner with your family. How many times have we worked through dinner, worked well into the night? I mean, you know, I'm I'm reconnecting with people I haven't talked to in years from all over the world, and I love that. And I think also we are finding as a country that we are part of the global initiative, right? We we are we are part of a huge world, and I think in the past Americans have had a tendency to think of themselves as we're kind of isolationists in a way. You know, we think about mm -hmm. ourselves and. In the last few years, we've become more globalist, but this is really pushing us out into the world and connecting us with people that we don't even know in countries everywhere. Um, and I don't want to get into the politics of it, but I tell you, there's some positive aspects to this, too. I'm gardening. I'm cooking. Yep. <laughs> I'm spending time yep. recording wonderful people that I might not have had time to do before. Um, but you know, what we're I reconnecting think? and yes. we're reconnecting because of this. Absolutely. I think the last time I, know. I saw you, weren't we sitting on the floor outside of some suite at NAB? And I think I was interviewing you for the digital production buzz. I think that's the yeah. last time. And that was probably mm, 10 years ago, maybe. It's a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. But you know, I got you off track. You were talking about how you got into photography and you quickly became bored and then you wanted to move into something else. What was it about video that kind of reeled you in? I, I think I loved the collaborative side of it. Mm -hmm. um, I still I still love photography now. I've you know that 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 uh, has been rekindled oh, uh, nice. and, and, and it's, but it's it's not a job. It's like cooking for me, you know, and, and gardening maybe for for you or, for you know, for some for people. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, photography I for you. I don't go anywhere without my cameras. I don't even go to right. the grocery store without my camera. <laughs> but I don't want to take photographs for 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 work. I just want yes. to take photographs oh, because I enjoy it. Yeah. It's a, it's a, like cooking is an escape for me. That's when I forget about everything. And even though I do what I love for a living and I get to do something different every single day, um, you know, for me, what I loved about, about production. And when I talk about that, you can call it video production. You can go filmmaking is the collaboration. There's two things that I love about what we do for a living. Uh, number one is collaboration and number two which is a thing that just i love more than anything else is problem solving mm -hmm. it's you know if you're prepared for a production and meaning you've done your homework and you're ready for what you're getting yourself into you're all always going to have problems show up right the the worst combination is you're not you're not prepared 
and then you go in and and so that's the biggest problem to begin with and then you can't really handle the problems that come up on set or on location but when you prepare for a project and then you get there it's like a puzzle right it's a okay so this is a problem and then do you run into the bag and get that little adapter or is it you know, you you cheat, uh, you know, a picture with some gaff tape or what is it that's going on because you were supposed to get that shot off, you know, three hours ago and now the sun has moved and it's completely different yeah. and you're sending somebody <laughs> off to go get a roll of, of ND and, yeah. you know, you're, you know, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. But those are those are they like they're stressful, but I get so much creative satisfaction out of saying we solved that problem and we, oh. we got through the day and it's like, there's nothing better at the end of the day, sitting down, you know, like with your crew and just talking oh, yeah. out the day. I love yeah. it. You know, that's yeah. so fun. And, you know, have a good meal, talk out all the things that happened. And even when things go really wrong, um, we have an innate ability if we've been doing it for a while to somehow make it right. We, Absolutely. we can, we can solve the problem. So I, I think I love that probably yeah, more than anything else. On a set. So no, it's so fun. Yeah. Think back um, and, and see if you can think of like a moment that is in your memory. That's one of those memories that you're going to carry with you for a while. Um, can you think of something that resonates? I mean, you just made me think about when we were working on Flipper. <laughs> I don't know what made yeah. me think of it. We're in the Bahamas on Flipper, and it's hurricane season. Don't ask me why that Universal <laughs> schedule to film in the Bahamas. We literally had a hurricane come through. So for a few days, I was in the in the condo that I was renting with the windows boarded up and water yeah. in the bathtub with chlorine in it, with a little bit of bleach in it to keep in case we didn't have water. But we used to, I mean, we talked about, the mosquitoes being as big as c47s that's <laughs> so funny so thick that we couldn't drive our production vehicles to the set we had to get almost like the equivalent of i don't know what they are these big uh, all-terrain vehicles with those monstrous tires yeah 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 we would ferry the crew a few at a time onto the location <laughs> through the jungle <laughs> that's crazy so but you got through your days we got you made it. We got it. We got it. Actually, my assistant and I, and I wish I could find this. We kept a list of everything that went wrong. It was, it's, it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. It's crazy. But at the end of it, you feel like you've been through the war together. And yeah. you're close. Everybody becomes friends because you've lived through it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've had different but similar situations. And I think that that all comes back to the collaboration and the community part of it. Um, we did a crazy production last summer with a small group of people. And those days were really long and they were really hard. But at the end of the day, you know, we got what we needed. And, and, uh, and in the end, we created the content that we were supposed to create. What made it hard was, uh, <laughs> I can't talk about that. <laughs> but you know, I know. We, we we made it through, we, zip, but we got through it, you know, and, and those friends. are, well, yeah, I mean, I think the crew is always still friends, right? So yeah. what you have to get through is the hurdles of production when it comes to insurmountable things, that there's a certain amount of time that you have, 
and you know that you have to get a certain product. I, I one time I had to create an educational course, and we were we were there for four or five days, and I wasn't on camera. This is just me behind camera, producer director, creating a, an entire educational series, and. I realized that when we got to day three, that we weren't going to get the content that we needed for this course because the person that was on camera, the educator, was more interested in doing what they do for a living than actually being on board with creating the educational content. And once I realized that, and they were incredibly enthusiastic about it. And it was sort of infectious in terms of what they did and how well they did it. But I wasn't going to get a, a course. And so I had to negotiate with the person and basically acknowledge that that's what they wanted to do was just create that content. Um, and then once I negotiated with them and said, if we can get this done in X amount of time, then we'll leave and you can just do what you do then it was like a switch and then we went out there and i can't tell you uh how fast that content got created it got created really quickly and once they were completely on board that was the problem that we had to solve in that particular production but some of those people one in particular somebody that i'm still doing production with all of the time and i hire them as a dp on a lot of the projects i do because i'm not always dping when i do you know the the work that i do and, uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's the best part of what we were doing. And you and I were talking about it, I think about a week ago, most of the people that, you know, not from your history in terms of feature films and stuff, but a lot of the people who are in our circles having to do with what we've been doing for the last, or, you know, I've been doing for the last, uh, you know, 20 years uh, are people that we both know. And we're all still doing this because we like doing it because we, you know, we get a, a lot of, you know, satisfaction doing it and we're helping people, you know, sort of like next generation of content creators or even people who have been in it for a long time. So it's, it's great. I love that. I want people to get to know you because you have an incredible service that you provide. So tell us um, some of the recent, for people who haven't followed you on C47, what are some of the recent classes uh, that you've been doing? So a lot of what I do in a workshop environment now are uh, full day workshops. So, you know, I've done a lot of content around small to no crew production because that's kind of my wheelhouse, right? I'm not, I'm not on feature film sets with crews of 200 to 300 people. It's usually two to 12 people on the productions that I work on. So sometimes it's just, you know, um, and that's pretty typical right now. If you look at in-house production, if you look at a lot of the corporate stuff that's being created, those are very small to no crews. Um, obviously, there's a, a small percentage of narrative that's also very small crew, um, but that probably creeps into double digits, you know, and a little bit higher, especially when you add talent into that mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the things I've been doing are things that relate to small to no crew production. So, NAB, unfortunately, it's not going to happen this year, but we were going to do a two-day small-to-no-crew production workshop, and we do those off-site. They're not at the you know training center, but, but last year I did two one day. I did one on lighting specifically, and then the second one was all around small-to-no-crew, so we do a little bit of audio. We do camera. 
Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, a little bit of gripping, uh, you know, a little bit of gaffing, you know, in terms of, you know, it's, you know, in, in my industry, in terms of corporate stuff, it's very much going to be a producer director. You're going to hopefully have a DP who's also going to be a camera operator. You're, if you have the budget and you can convince the client, absolutely, you know, hire a sound recordist. And then, who are the other people that are going to be on the crew? I'm going to, if I'm lucky, I'm going to get a swing who's going to swing between grip and electric department. So I'm going to basically have somebody who has enough information to be, you know, uh, an asset in both of those departments, but they're not necessarily now going to be, you know, a, a trained electrician from a gaffer standpoint where they can go into a house and tie in. But fortunately, they don't necessarily need to tie in anymore because lighting technology has changed a lot. And, you know, what we can plug into a 10 amp circuit now is very different than, you know, what we were dealing with before. You know, I mean, a 1K, you know, quartz halogen light was a 1K light. You plug one of them in, there's your 10 amp circuit. Now we can go in and we can plug in these LED fixtures that have much lower power draw compared to their output. And sure, quality of light, we can have that discussion in another conversation, but it has advanced a lot and it does allow us to do things right now with smaller crews that was much harder to do without, you know, without more people in the past. Um, so, I mean, I've got lights yeah. in the garage I haven't used in years and I, I Me too. about, should I sell them? I don't know. You know, you get attached love to that stuff, right? I, I do too. I mean, I, I love my, I love my airy Fresnels and I still, I still have a, a love for some of my old Lowell lights, not the Toda, the original Toda. That's a, that's a fire hazard. Everybody knows it, but you know, they were, but I mean, I, I still, I, I still love the, the Omni light. That was always a favorite of mine, you know? Quality of light is beautiful because it's a quartz halogen. You know, it's real tungsten light, full color spectrum. Cameras love it. You know, it looks really good. Um, but you all the disadvantages of hot lights too, which is, you know, how long they take to cool down, how uncomfortable they are for talent, especially in smaller spaces. And, you know, all of that has really changed a lot. Um, so when I teach, I try to focus on small to no crew production, and I also try to create content and uh, educational content that is relevant to the tools that we're using now. So I am actually, for the first time, even though I've created a lot of courses for other platforms, I'm finally starting to create my own course platform for the C47, and that's going to be varied content. It might be very specific to a, a camera but it will also be broader in the sense that I can do individual videos on a particular style of lighting or maybe how people set up for video communication skills. You know, this is, I think you and I started to talk about this on, on the phone. Tell, tell everybody about some of the ones that you've got planned for the very near future. I think the communication skills is very important. Yeah. I mean, I think, we kind of have two buckets of content creators that are starting to develop. There's us, and that's a pretty big community, but really it's a small community. It's the people who have a very strong interest in video production, filmmaking, storytelling, and they want to continue to get better at their tech and also their craft of what they're doing. So they're lifers. You know, They want to go into this with the idea that the skills that they're learning 
are going to are going to basically translate into better stories, but also better production value and all of those things. So that's one segment of the market. Yeah. The other the other segment of the market which is a really interesting one, are all of these people who have absolutely no interest in becoming video production professionals. They don't want to become filmmakers. They don't necessarily want to be storytellers, but they have to communicate effectively using video. And so I th I've really been thinking about this a lot because I had talked to some uh, a university and also a high school years ago about creating a video communication course or curriculum. And I think that now more than ever, and, and this is accelerating it, of course, what's happening with COVID-19 and, and everything else, is people who learned writing skills in, in school and public speaking skills now really need to learn video communication skills. That is something that is a, a really, but they don't know. I mean, sure, they can turn on their, their smartphone or their tablet. They can record video. But what is going to separate them from being a, an effective communicator using video from somebody else? And whether that's a job interview or it is just creating a testimonial video for their company or it's effectively using Skype or Zoom or whatever your platform is going to be, mm -hmm. how do you stand out? How do you create some sort of professionalism by doing that? And that's really what I call video communication skills, right? Mm -hmm. So again, it's not learning craft, it's skills that allow you to do it and get a professional result, having enough understanding of things. Sure, a small percentage of those people who learn it may move into the other side of things and may wanna move towards and, and become video professionals or filmmakers or storytellers. But I think there's a huge market for teaching video communication skills. And uh, and I think that my course platform and my educational platform is going to actually address both of those. And I'll make sure that there's a clear separation between them. So that's a long runway, but um, this is definitely the time to start really putting all of that together and, and you know, put it into place. When you have a like a corporate executive or a client and they have to be on camera, and they're feeling really nervous about it and uncomfortable, obviously, because it's not their bailiwick, right? What do you tell them to get them to be more comfortable? How do you get them over that hump? That's a great question. Um, I, I try to approach it very similarly to conducting interviews, which is because when you're conducting interviews, they're on camera. So whether it's them talking to camera or off camera, it's getting them to be comfortable in a conversational way because we don't want to receive communication anymore that's just market marketing messages. I think that the best type of content that's being created right now is selling through education. And I don't mean creating an educational video the way I do a lot of the time. I just mean that you're educating your customer, whoever that is, who's your target audience. And if I can get the people who are on camera to communicate in a conversational way. I think that we, as the consumer, business to business, business to consumer, respond much more effectively. Uh, we're we're much more likely to respond to that call to action if it's conversational and educational in tone. Mm -hmm. And I, I was absolutely horrible. I mean, I'm not great now, but I was absolutely horrific 
on camera when I first started. The first time I did it, it was just a train wreck. I mean, I remember that I, I, I actually, um, yeah, no, I, I actually, I, well, I actually had a physical physiological reaction to being on camera, even though I had been, you know, behind camera a lot. And I, I actually started to fall asleep. It was the weirdest thing. It was like almost too overwhelming for me. And my body like started to shut down. And then I went, I went out to do some training videos for Apple and they had a director who's still around. He's a great guy. His name is Chris Fenwick. Um, He works at Slice. Chris has been around forever. Dear friend. He's amazing. I love, and and it's, and Chris, Chris, (laughs) he knows that bastard. I love him. Um, He's amazing. So, uh, I shouldn't even give him this credit because, you know, he's he's sneaking himself onto all of the live streams now and everything else. So I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm just ta- I'm just I'm just teasing. He's so um, he's just out there and irreverent and he is who he is. And and just anyway. Yeah, I was I was doing these training videos for Apple, which which still exists somewhere. And I'm still horrific in them. But I <laughs> I, I was a lot better. And Chris really directed me, you know, he really helped me understand that there was an audience there. And I had already been teaching for a long time. I had already been producing content for a long time. But it was it was that moment for me where I really started to understand that and that it started to allow me to be a little more relaxed and to be more conversational, to be more myself. Like you said, Chris is very irreverent, but he's also always himself. And it was a, it was a big moment for me to, to really, you know, I, I needed to learn a lot more after that had happened and then sort of digest that and take it in. But it was, it was a great learning moment for me for being somebody who was on camera, but it was an amazing learning moment for me as a director because it allowed me to be so much more effective with the people that I was dealing with when I was creating content, especially those people who were not comfortable being on camera. And I think a lot of people who are in the narrative world, like they also have these, these moments where they go and take an acting class. And you, know, you have a director who's working with, with actors all the time, but they don't really understand what that craft is. And then they go and take acting classes and then their understanding, their empathy, their ability to work with actors completely changes. And I think that um, that was kind of the same thing for me, but obviously not in the same exact space in terms of creating content. So now that we're uh, in, I don't know if we can call it a quarantine, an isolation, whatever it is, uh, we're yeah. in our homes. How are you passing most of your time? What are you doing? Uh, I'm trying to keep my morale high and be very productive. And, you know, it's it's not hard to pass time when you have, you know, five people in a house. So that that part of it is the challenge is juggling everybody. But the first thing I really did was I have a barn here where I do some production, but that's still not a finished studio space. So it's not a space I can go to all of the time. So I took our music room. And I've now kind of semi-transformed this into a office slash home studio. Uh, there's sound blankets up now. And, you know, I have a camera up. And it's, you know, it's a little production space. 
And what I've been doing is a little bit of what I alluded to earlier on, which is really building the foundation for what the C47, you know, 3.0 is going to be. It's sort of the next phase of what I'm doing. So it's putting a lot of attention on making sure that people understand that I'm a, a production company and I have production and post-production services, but it's also building this course platform, uh, which will be both live and recorded content. And I don't think that long-term it's just going to be my content. I think that there's going to be other people who I'm going to curate content from and have on that platform. And then the other part of it is sort of dealing with the transition. I, I'm on the road a lot, like you are. I, I travel a lot. And I'm not sure after this last trip that I just took up to Canada, where I was teaching Chorus Entertainment again, uh, global television, how many of those I'm going to do in a year like I have in the past. NBC Universal, you know, um, I've gone to Walmart Films and taught them in all of their, you know, their stores and how do, how do we create content in that. That may be something that starts to happen again after all of this, and it may not. So the other thing that I've really started to put into place is the idea of one-on-one um, -on -one consulting which I've done a little bit of in the past, but now I've created the calendar where people can go on my website and they can book a half an hour, an hour, 90 minutes, you know, of actual consulting. So and they can learn about... Schofield.com? No, they go to the c47.com and, okay. and then they click on training and consulting and then there's a calendar there. And then they basically say, oh, I want to learn about my new camera or I'm thinking about, you know, expanding my studio or I want to build something out. And whether that's an individual or a company, they can schedule time out with me. But I think that that's going to expand into broader based stuff, too, because the big goal is to build the studio out mm -hmm. multi-camera. And if I need to do a training workshop for 10 to 20 people, I'm actually going to be able to do it. Uh, so there's a lot of so where are you parts. located now? You're in Oregon. I'm in I'm in Oregon. Yeah. So um, I'm between Portland and the coast. So and I don't think that that studio space is necessarily a studio space that people are going to be coming to unless I decide to do a workshop there. But it's really going to be a place where as we transition. Yeah. I I mean you know I I don't want to make it sound like just because this is happening that wasn't part of the plan. That was part of the plan always. But this is accelerating and making it much more real that the ideas of where I wanted to go are valid, but also may have to be put into place in order for me to continue to survive as a company. You know, I'm not pretending that we're, we're all wondering how this ends. We don't know what this is right now that we're all sitting inside of. So I want to be optimistic. You're a very optimistic person. So am I. I'm a glass half full type of person always. But I can't pretend that we're not nervous, that we're not stressed. We're not questioning where all of this goes. We will get through this. And as a community, I think we'll be even stronger and we'll also put into place, just like education is doing in the school system, successfully, unsuccessfully, somewhere in between. There are 
new models that are being created right now. I mean, I think that Alex Lindsay is doing some amazing stuff right now, and that will have tremendous impact in terms of figuring out how we don't just translate what we experience in an NAB conference environment, um, you know, and just create an online version of it. It's not an online version of, it's a new way of doing something that's more effective in that platform. Um, and if we if we don't have NAB three to five years from now, and I don't know if we will, I don't what is it? I don't know. So what is it that we have that allows us to, you know, because we are a community that, and yes, there's a huge business side to what we do, and we much prefer going to Cine Gear than we do NAB. But we do like going to both of those places because that's where our community is. That's, you know, I mean, the business part of it is the business part of it. But really, when it comes down to it, when you've been doing it for a long time, you're there to see your friends. You're there to communicate. You're there to be inspired. You're there to come up with ideas. And we have to figure out ways to use this technology and what we do to hopefully still be in person with each other uh, at certain times of the year. But we're going to have to figure out as a community how we do all of this this way as well. Um, and, and I want to get out of the house at some point, too. It would be really great because <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. You know what's yeah. funny? I walked outside 6 o'clock this morning. The sun hadn't come up yet. But the birds yeah. had started to sing. So you knew that at any time the world was going to start waking up around you. But I stood... I walked down the, the walkway and I stood on the sidewalk and I looked around at the neighborhood and it was so quiet and I thought, I'm outside. It felt like <laughs> it felt like a journey. It was a journey to the sidewalk. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's as if you got it's as if you traveled across the world. And I was like, It's amazing. Ah, fresh air. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. I don't know. I'm it's watching crazy. the hummingbirds, and I've got two little lovebirds, two doves that are nesting in the in the bush right outside in the backyard here. And I, lizards are coming in from everywhere. And I've started the little uh, gardening in the kitchen where I have them in the little seed pods, and I'm going to cultivate the outside garden, so I'm going to be planting. So my world has become uh, this microcosm around me. But thank heavens for people like you who are willing to go and, and have a conversation together and, you know, share that with other people. If it does feel like you're getting out, it's, it's not quite the same, but it still feels really good. Uh, it feels great. I mean, I think it's what's getting us all through this. I mean, I do love the family component of it. I'm fortunate that I'm getting to sit down and have dinners with, you know, with my family that I don't get to have normally yeah. when this is not going on. Yeah. But I think the sanity for all of us, I think, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, for sure, is doing the weekly live stream with my friends. We do this thing called Cameron Flask. It's the community of the people who come to that. People are having virtual happy hours, which is crazy. But, you know, and it's also doing this with you. It was being on, um, you know, Joseph Lenashki's show with Chris, actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Alex was on that and some other people and, uh, you know, Gary Adcock. And and it's it's the fact that this community is it's a strong community and it will stay intact. It may morph in different ways in terms of the way we connect with each other. But I absolutely need this 
to get through it. And we're all going through very similar things because most of us are, you know, if we own a company, we're still self-employed. You know, we're still, we're still, if there's anything that I consider myself and most of the people that I know, we are career freelancers. That's who we are. You know, that's what we do. And, um, and so we're our best support system right now, you know, and we all need each other in order to cope with this situation because none of us are working for money in, in, in any, okay, there's a few people who, you know, hit the, hit the lottery and they happen to be at a, a particular company that has a certain solution that is the solution or one of them that really is going to benefit from what's happening right now. And not in a bad way, they just happen to have a solution, a piece of hardware or software or combination that, you know, is really a, a needed. Um, but, but most of us are just like, holy crap, you know, what are we doing here? And I think the best thing we can do is support each other, but we also have to be productive. This is the time to take those ideas that you have and you develop them. You put them into place because you don't have an excuse not to except for, um, you know, being motivated. And that's the hardest thing that we're dealing with is that there's certain things that I'm dealing with where I'm really motivated to do certain things and the other things I'm just completely unmotivated to do them. But sometimes it's just a conversation with some of, you know, some of our community or somebody in our community that can change your viewpoint about that. And I think that that's super important for all of us to keep in, you know, in mind. Um, yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> I know it's probably getting almost to dinner time. And you have yeah. family in the house. I appreciate it. Thank them for me. And I please, everybody listening or watching, go to C47 on YouTube. Go to C47.com. Take advantage of all these educational tutorials that Jim has put up there for us that really, really help. And also, if you are a client and you're looking for a production company, you need to hire Jim to do it. He could probably do it in his barn sometime in the next few months, right? I could, I could definitely. We'll that's the idea. Down. Is <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can, I can save you the cost of uh, flying me somewhere sometimes. Not always, but you know, that's the whole idea. Is if you want to create content and uh, you want to do it without having, well, if you want to do it now, I can produce that content for Absolutely. sure. All right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Serena. It. You have a nice evening, and thanks for being on, on the show. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for having me. Loved it. Awesome. <laughs> okay.